Hi, I'm Dave, and welcome back to another episode of I'm, I'm, of I'm Glad I Heard That. Uh, today's guest is Matt Cripps. Um, before we get started, we're going to ask that you click on our subscribe button. Uh, we're over a thousand followers, so I, I kind of feel like a big deal, and most of that's been my doing, I would imagine. And then if you could also hit our like button, that'd be greatly appreciated. Matt, welcome. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be here, Dave. years ago um, I heard I was working on a youth event and I was looking to do some things in the summer to help our students engage in service in the area and I talked to a couple of uh, different organizations and one of the organizations they said it was oh you should talk to Matt Cripps at Good News Gain. I'm like well he's got a killer last name Cripps <laughs> you know so like that's kind of <laughs> cool if my last name was like Bloods that would have been like that super cool been, Bloods and Cripps you know right whatever in. but it, it, it isn't it's Frank um, and so then um, so I, I'm like yeah I'll talk with him and so I got to learn a little bit about your ministry. We brought our students down. We had an incredible time. Um, and then, you know, really didn't talk to you for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, recently, one of our uh, members said, hey, I would like to do a bike donation time, you know, where people donate their bikes. Me and some people fix them up, and then we give them out to organizations in Detroit. I go, that sounds great. We collected like 75 bikes from all of you. We got them repaired um, and we got them delivered down. And he said, I, I, these I would like to go to Good News Gain. I go, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> so I reached out to him, got to uh, connect again with you. And so um, since then I said, yeah, I'd really like people to know a little bit about what the Good News Gain is doing. Uh, get to know you personally and down the road they might this might be something that actually want to help with supporting you financially volunteering different things like that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's kind of the intention for bringing you in today and so um you, you have more daughters than me which i didn't know was possible double uh, double no yeah you have three i got four four i'm sorry yeah i gotta go back to school yeah <laughs> but sorry. you so you have six daughters six yeah all right and then um <laughs> so we're gonna do names and ages and then how long have you and your wife married and what's her name absolutely uh well uh, my wife's name is uh danielle and uh, we were married in 1998. now get this right we both have daughters right and so uh my wife and i met in august of 98 and we were married in december of 98 so four months we just knew each other but we knew it was it was a god thing well you also <laughs> knew i better lock this down before yeah. she knows oh, yeah. Yeah. Classic she to lock me down right so so that was uh that was amazing you looking back and uh now going close to 25 years we're we're having a great time and so um four months is the dumbest thing i've ever heard <laughs> yeah i tell you i've got six girls obviously and so if one of if one of my girls come to me and say i met a guy uh we're getting married how long have you know in four months i kind of put my <laughs> yeah. I, I see now you're yeah, looking yeah, back sure, yeah. but uh, god is good so we have six girls my oldest is named jordan she will turn 21 on uh this month awesome uh in october 20th and then my number two daughter her name is reagan she's 19. And then Allie, my number three daughter, which just got her driver's license today. May I had to ride, she's 17. I had to ride in the car yep. with the instructor. We went on that freeway. I was like holding on, but she did a great job. She knocked it out. So her name is Allie, short for Alexandria. And then, um, so my, and then there was a halftime. There was kind of like a break, right? And so, but next one, she is 12 and her name is Sarah. And then you've got, um, uh, Tori, which is uh, short for Victoria, she is uh, 10, and then you've got Leah, she's the youngest at 8. Wow. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm impressed I remember all the names. No, he, he, that, you did really <laughs> great. All right, so, you know, you guys have six daughters, um, and you're doing the homeschool thing, right? We do. We, we are now, yeah. I'm just judging you. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, of course, I mean, once you have six, you have to homeschool. I think that's like a rule, you know. <laughs> right, like, you right, know, right. So. All right, great. And then, um, and so, you grew up, um, you... I found out when I was delivering bikes just through a weird conversation that you grew up in the foster care. Yes. Yeah. When, when did that start? And you why know, it and... started immediately the moment I was born. Uh, oh, no they, Yeah. Uh, I was born and my mother uh, gave birth to me down a cast corridor in Detroit and she was a full, full German and she had no desire, no, no desire to keep me. She literally walked out the door. And then nope. they found her in an alley and they took her to the hospital. And even in that, that moment when she recovered from that, she walked out and made it really clear she had zero uh, desire to want to have me. And so uh, the state had take, took me away from my dad because he wasn't financially uh, stable you okay. know, at that time. And so uh, I was placed in a foster home from the when, when literally just being born. And I lived with that foster family for two years. Okay. And then from there, I transitioned to another family from, uh, and I was with them until two and up until seven years old. So five years, two families up until seven years old. And then at year seven, did your dad, was your dad able? At, yep. At age seven, my dad finally was able to get himself established. And, you know, uh, we lived in Detroit, Southwest Detroit, near Mexican town. Many people obviously are aware of Mexican town. And we, I, I grew up there um, um, on a street called Hubbard Street near uh, Clark Park, Western High School. Okay. Yeah. And um, I mean, that's a story you're not hearing that often in the foster care system, you know, because obviously your dad decided not to give you up for adoption, yeah, right? He didn't right. release the rights completely. So right. you stay in the foster care. Really, to only be in two homes over seven years is kind of... It is. Rare. That's a rare thing, yes. you know. Um, and then from there, for your dad to be able to get stabilized enough to meet the state's requirements mm -hmm. to bring you back in. Mm -hmm. Did you have any other siblings after that? You know, at that time, I, it was just my dad and I uh, up until recently, when I say recently, within the last couple of years, my wife and her um, and her sister decided they really want to know who in the world are you really? Yeah. And so they had me do the DNA and the ancestry. And so it come to find out, I knew that I had family uh, on my mom's side. I knew she had additional sure. children. Oh. But I always just assumed that they lived in uh, Germany. Yeah. And then when the results came back, it came back uh, informing uh, us that I have a brother and a sister up in Traverse City and another brother in Arizona, Tucson, Arizona. Oh my and God. so my, my wife reached out to them. They were kind of like floored. Like they, it took a while for them to really uh, kind of digest the fact that they have a, a younger sibling on my mom's side. Cause, but so we eventually were able to connect. We drove up to Traverse City and all of the pieces that they were missing... I was able to fill them, and all the pieces that, that I was missing, they were able to fill. And so from the names, I mean, everything was legit. From the birth certificates, yeah. everything down. And wow. so that was amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you met them, did any of them look like you? Well, you know, they're older than I am. The, 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 my sister, her name is Gisela. And so she was actually born in Germany from another. Uh, uh, they, her dad is separate from the other two brothers. Yeah. And so... Um, and so when my mom came back, came to America, she came with a soldier. And so um, they lived up in Traverse City. And anyway, so they're a little older than I am. They, I, there is claims that I look like maybe my second okay. oldest gotcha. brother. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah, because I met my half-sister when I was like 12 and uh, or 10. <laughs> and you walk in and it's like, oh, 
Yeah, no blood blood tests needed. Like she had the <laughs> nose and all that stuff. Yeah, it was like right. pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, at all. That's all. All right. So, um, so you grow up in Detroit, and so talk a little bit about um, you know at, when did you become a believer in Jesus, and then when did you say I'm going to go full time ministry? Sure. Uh, well, you know, it was a lot of my dad, you know, towards the latter years of his life, you know, he lived a short life. Unfortunately, he passed at the age of 59, but during his mid fifties, up until he passed, he became very, um, uh, very vocal in, 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 in encouraging me highly to really consider giving my life to the Lord. And, mm. uh, man, I was extremely defiant, did not want anything to do with it, Dave. I really didn't. Yeah. Uh, and so we lived in this apartment complex. It's still there to this day, which is amazing. And we, so we lived in this apartment and when I'd come home from school or I'd come home from outside for whatever, he would have other people from the complex kind of praying for me. They, you know, so I'm going up to the, going up the steps, about to go into the door and I can hear them just praying for my, for me. And it just oh drove God. me crazy. Yeah. It drove me nuts. And so make a long story short, at the age of 19, my dad uh, just really encouraged, he really wanted to go to church. And he wasn't able to physically get around. His health had really deteriorated. I was his only means of, uh, you know, getting him around. And so we went to a church, uh, and uh, that service really rocked my world. Really? I mean, really, I gave my heart to Jesus that night of March 1994. And there's a lot that went into that service sure. itself, but uh, it was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty dramatic in how that even took place. But the long story is, I gave my life and my heart to the Lord that day, and so it, it, and from there. The re- the, I mean, just so your dad, your dad yeah. was able to see that yeah. his desire for you to know Jesus get fulfilled. Absolutely, you know, That's in that funny. moment, he's bawling, he's crying. Sure. His son, my, you know, he's like, my life's complete. He says, uh, he says, I've seen everything I want. You, you think, well, he wanted to travel, he wanted to know. It was his only one heart's desire, and I truly gave my life to the Lord that day. And so he passed away eleven months later. Wow. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just incredible, by the way, you, you, you say that, and I, and I know we can't get into all the details for, you know, so many reasons, but it's like, everything about that sentence you just said, it's yeah. like, from adoption, you know, foster home, and not knowing your mom, being abandoned in a hospital, mm-hmm. you know, all these crazy things to, and then, and then you get to, you meet Jesus, and your dad's like, this is it. This is it. I mean, that's. That's so powerful. Yeah, you know, to know that that was really what mattered the most to him. That was it. Yeah, that's that, that's so cool. All right, and so then at that point, you know, kid growing up in Detroit towards Mexican town, right? Mm-hmm. Um, last name Crips, which is awesome. Yeah, and you got all this stuff going on. You end up. Um, so when did you say I want to go into ministry, and what was that like? You know, uh, shortly when my dad passed, I just just really had a real intense desire to know the word. And to know the Lord, and so I went that whole year after his passing, just absorbing the Bible, really immersing myself with the Word and worship, and just going to church. I mean, I just fell in love with Jesus with with, with everything that I had. And it was during that time I was also involved with theater. I was involved with different theatrical okay. groups, and I was my, my at that point my really great desire at that point was to travel and do theatrical work. But God really shifted things, and there came a point where I had to make a decision. Rather, I was truly going to trust God and walk by faith and believe that His plan for my life was better than what I thought I had. And so I had to make a real hard decision. I remember it like it was yesterday that I had to I had to uh, release myself from that desire of being in the theatrical. Nothing wrong with it, right. but for the direction for my life. 
And so that was a very turning point because from there, I immersed myself in ministry and serving and helping kids and families in Detroit, driving, riding on buses and picking up kids all over the city of Detroit. And so I just really developed a great love for that because a lot of the, a lot of the things that these, these families and children are experiencing were very similar right. to what I went through. You know, I, I grew up with not, my mom literally not wanting me, not even mentioning me to her other children ever. Like, like they had no thought of me. So therefore, a lot of the children that, you know, oh. that we're serving all these years kind of have that same similar situation where, you know, and, and in most cases it is reversed. Right. That's why dad. I was so inspired by the speaker that you had talking about the value of dads in children's life. Uh, and so because it is vital. And so uh, I developed a great passion for that. I enjoyed it. Picking up kids and bringing them to church and bringing them to, uh, to our ministry just and, and just Allowing them to have an opportunity where they can have hope and know Christ. Yep. Man. Yeah. And so then you're a volunteer in some kind of a street ministry, right, where they're doing busing yeah. and all that stuff. All right. So explain to everyone what the Good News Gang does. Mm-hmm. You know, what is your organization about? Sure, sure. Good News Gang is uh, is designed to, to provide hope and build champions, right, to provide hope for children to know Christ and to have an, another, uh, an alternate outlet to say, you know what, God has better for your life. You don't need to be limited to what you see around you. Abandoned homes, right? The, the, the drug abuse, the all the you know, the crime that they're surrounded by. And so we give them an opportunity to present to them to know Christ and have and we, and have a chance where they can succeed and do amazing things with their life. So on Saturdays we bus in children all over the city. We have two locations now, uh, West Side and Southwest Detroit, where we're busing in children all over the city, and we bring them in to a high extreme energy building. Yeah. I mean, it is loud. Yeah. It's exciting. You guys we're do a fun, good job. And it's, you know, we have games, there's music. But then when it's time for the hearing of the speak of the word, we, you know, we have a system that's in place that gets their attention, that gets them to focus. And what's the most important thing for why they're there, which is to get the word of God. And so, uh, and then uh, we're able to feed them as well every single Saturday. We either provide a meal in the building where they sit down like a family style, where they get to hang out with their friends and their mentors mm-hmm. and their workers, or uh, we, we, if we're not doing food that way, we send them on the bus and we provide food uh, as they're riding back home. So, uh, And there's additional programs uh, out of that as yeah, well. Yeah, because then you guys have different days of the week where you do tutoring too? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so is that the same thing they're getting bussed in for that, or how does that work? We, we, we actually van them in. We have our van, our fleet of, uh, fleet of vans where our team members, where they go out and they pick up uh, chosen kids because we can't tutor 300 children. Yeah. It's just, that's virtually impossible. You could, it just wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be effective, right? Right, yeah. And so we found that out many years ago. We tried our darnest (laughs) to try to figure a way that we can service and accommodate that many children, and it was just not being uh, effective. So what we did is we identified, you know, 25 to 30 kids that we handpicked, and we're we're just pouring into them. And so they're they're in our tutoring program as long as they want to be, either unless they move or they lose oh. desire, but they're, they're up until they graduate. Oh, we're, yeah, wow. we're with them. And then, and then you also pastor Metro Church? Metro Life Church. Metro Life yes. Church. Okay. Yep. Same building. Same Sundays. facility. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then when did you start pastoring that church? Uh, that was um, in 2005. Okay. 2000, because I started um, Good News Gang at, tw- at um, uh, the year of 2000, November. 
How old were you when you started going to the bank? <laughs> I was uh, 26. Okay. Yeah. So you obviously you said you had some experience with this because you were doing some bus ministry. So it wasn't like you were like walking and not knowing right. anything, right? Yeah. But was it because you just realized this area of the city didn't have anything? Like, why did you go with Good News Gain in that area? How sure. You, you know, actually, um, to go back in the in the general neighborhoods that I grew up in uh, was a very essential uh, need to go in that general area. Uh, and so, because uh, where I was was more closer to the west side near Redford, uh, but really had a desire to go to southwest Detroit and reach children uh, in that community and their families as well. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, and we go out every week. We visit our families. We knock on the doors. And while we're visiting them, we're praying with them. And we're also recruiting other kids and other families. And so when my younger ones and I go out, as they're looking for cats, I'm looking for kids and families. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they love the straight cat. We went last yeah. uh, recently, and they're looking at the cats. They get out, and they want to pet the cats. Yeah. They know they're there for the cats. I'm there for, for the kids. For the kids, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but we have a lot of fun All doing right, so it. if I, let's say I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be on your team. I want to join, like, so you're going out on Saturdays yeah. on the buses, and then you're going out another day of the week. Yeah, that's the day that we call visitations, that we go out. Typically, most of us go out on Fridays. Okay. Because so, it's a day right before the Saturday. Gives a fresh reminder to the kids and the families, hey, don't forget, right, we're coming uh, tomorrow. Uh, and like and every Saturday, there's no Saturday that's the same. Uh, we have Emoji Saturday. This coming week, we have a Carnival Day. It's, a, you know, it's, it's always something fresh. Yeah. Yep. So that the kids can always look look forward to something that's always different. But the most important thing is the word goes forward. Uh, we have a lot of fun. It's loud. It's exciting. But we make sure that we keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah, that's it. That's fantastic. And then, and then obviously you guys realize we want to do the tutoring to help support these kids and the other thing. And one of the things I noticed, um, uh, there's a great article. Um, I watched, a, was it Trinity Broadcasting Network who came and did a piece on you? Uh, uh, CBN, yeah. uh, Channel. Christian Broadcasting. Christian Broadcasting yeah, so Network. I, anyways, I yeah. found it on the YouTubes. And I was like, and I and I watched it. And one of the things you guys do is like, if a kid's getting a good grade, you highlight them. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so. they get straight A's or A's and B's. We have special parties where we celebrate that with the them. A's and B's. A's parties. and B's because you know, they you know the, the the challenging thing that we have ran into is that we 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 serve as a segregate family to them because many of them come from situations where they're not, unfortunately, they're not encouraged. They're not, you know, the, a lot of them they don't even know if they have food on the table, to be honest with you, Dave. Yep. Some of them come on the buses not looking the best or even smelling the greatest. But that's why when they come to us, there's, there is uh, unconditional love. And we look past all of that stuff. Because some of the young people that are now serving in vital roles with us now were once the same children that we picked up 20 years ago. So we're, we're, wow. well, it's our hope to train them up so they can either uh, stay with us and become a, a helper to reach more children with us, or they go off in life and become successful, whatever it is the Lord has for them. And when you started this 20-some years ago, because what's interesting about you is you're not attached to any other organization. You yeah. know, you're your own thing. And so whenever... Um, I would in the church where we call you like a parachurch organization, right? Mm -hmm. You're doing church work alongside the church. You're yeah. doing things that a church typically mm -hmm. doesn't do, or whatever. Um, you um, you had to be broke. <laughs> you had to be like completely broke, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. how'd you guys? You know, you're young. You're you know, obviously you got like twelve, six kids. So your wife's interested in you. So you had to feed them too. <laughs> like, how'd you guys swing it at the beginning? You know, uh, Dave, that's, that's remarkable. We have seen God 
just provide in so many miraculous ways. But it was tough. When we, when we first came in November 2000, uh, my wife and I were working daytime jobs and we cleaned buildings at night together while we were doing this work here in Detroit. And it was tough, very tough. We, we have facilitated buildings where uh, actually um, right in Southwest Detroit on West Grand Boulevard where it was infested. I, this may sound extreme, but infested with rats. Yeah. And what we, we continue to move forward. We had no heat in our buildings. We had no bathrooms. We had no parking. You know, I always tell somebody I'm not really into writing a book, but if I did, it would be, it would be entitled Worship with the Rats because we experienced some very difficult moments. And during those first five, six years where uh, we were just plugging away as missionaries to the, uh, to the city of Detroit because the families and the children that were serving, we don't ask one penny of them. I know. You we, don't. we just want to love them, share the love of Christ with them, yeah. share the gospel. Uh, we don't expect anything in return. And so we have depended on God and, and God's people, the body of Christ, believers, to help us you know, do what we do. And that's to be an extension of the hands and feet of Jesus. But it was tough. We operated uh, uh, times where our buildings were set on fire. We had experienced many break-ins in our building. Yeah. Uh, our buses have been, yeah, so uh, batteries was, been stolen. Yeah, when I was down there this, this summer delivering it, you are explaining that you have to take the batteries out of the buses yeah. when you're not around because they disappear they and disappear. you can't start your buses on Saturday. Yeah. And a, and a bus has three batteries, right? Right, generally, yes. Yeah, there's three mm -hmm. batteries and you gotta take all these heavy things out mm -hmm. because if not, the it's just not gonna be there for you. That's and true. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's all just built into the, like, that's how we operate. Oh, yeah, done with the road, who's taking the batteries out? <laughs> right? Like, it's like, <laughs> not even who's picking up the trash in the bus, who's getting the batteries <laughs> Yeah. Out? So yeah. the deep cells, so. Yeah, and, um, and so you guys have, you're constantly adapting to all those problems. And I think when we first met a few years ago, um, you know, the, the place you're at is a good facility. I mean, you got a lot of different things there. But like, you're like, see that building down there? We need that thing tore down, yeah. right? Because an empty building just brings in rats, brings yeah. in, you know, people hiding and, you know, mm -hmm. like it just brings in problems. Like, and that's a big building. How much would it cost to tear that building down? You know, Dave, we've had a variety of different uh, estimates that has come in the last few years, uh, all the way from 150000 to 400000 yep. Now, let me share real quick about that specific building, because there are two buildings that we that we have on our property. That specific one that you're referring to is an old Greek Orthodox building. And so in 2019, when we celebrated the miracle of paying off our property, one month later, uh, we had someone, that, so guys had broke in and, and literally stole the outside doors off the building, <laughs> took the doors, like the outside doors. Yeah. And then in addition to that, they took the pipes out of the building. And so the next day, one of our team members uh, heard water flowing from inside the building. Come to find out when they, when they ripped out one of the pipes that ran to the water line. And so we, so it was water just continuously flowing into that building. So we called the city of Detroit to come, you know, the water department to come shut off. off. And uh, may I say, it took them three weeks to find the shutoff valve from the outside, three weeks. So in that three week time, the water is just continuing flowing uh, because of again, break-ins, vandalism. And so a month after that, we get a bill yeah. and it just rocked my heart. But I knew, How but much I was knew the bill, by the way? $42,000. Forty-two thousand. You didn't have an extra two forty. No, we didn't have forty-two thousand. Just playing <laughs> around. And so I tell you, we contested that bill for two months, and so the water department really didn't provide uh, any really uh, relief in sort of way. So we had to, you know, bare our knuckles and ask for help. 
and saw a young man at the age of 22 years old gave us a check for $30,000 that paid the majority of that water bill that we had. It was a oh miracle. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. A 22 year old a kid. A 22 year old kid sent a check in for $30,000. I couldn't believe it. We were so amazed and, and humbled at God's provision. But, 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 you, but going back to the build, we want to see that building torn down because it is an eyesore, number one. And number two, it, we want to provide, uh, ultimately, our hope and our dream is to build a new built facility, yeah. like a gymnasium, because the building that we're currently using now, if people were to come out, they'll see we're maxed out. Yeah, it literally, our 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 main our main room is maxed out with kids all from the city. Yeah, and you're 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 basically at the point now is like you can't grow because you don't have space. Right, and so when you're working with these kids and you, and you and your team are are caring about them and and like a, you know you're talking about this idea of like at some level you're like a family to them because you are interested in what they are doing as an individual, which they might not be getting at home for sure. a lot of reasons, right? Um, and so really kind of being Jesus with skin on, right? Like, that's right. I, I'm, I like you because God made you, right? Like that's mm-hmm. it, you know, and so I'm interested in you as a person. Um, what have been some of the success stories? I, and I'm not talking about like a kid who, you know, goes off and becomes a CEO of a major corporation, then, you know, ties their whole salary to you as a, you know, as a thanks to God, like, which would be awesome. But like, sure. you know, but what have been some of the highlights of doing this ministry of, of, of life transformation you guys have gotten to witness and be a part of? Mm. I could share multiple stories, but one in particular, uh, there's one specific one that really stands out. There's a young man that was, re- uh, that was brought in and ministered to through our ministry. And now he's a lead pastor in Dearborn Heights, him and his wife. Really? And they're pastoring a church. And so that brings great joy, uh, seeing that what God has established in his heart while he was a young young man, now he's in Dearborn Heights and pastoring a church there. And we have so many stories like that where young people that experienced uh, a very difficult life, didn't know their dad, which I would say eight out of ten of our children never don't have their biological dad in their life involved in any sort of way. And to see certain ones rise through all of those uh, difficult uh, moments and see them producing. Now they're married, they have children of their own, and they've got, you know, they're living in their uh, full-time work. That wasn't modeled before them. You know, getting up in the morning, going to work, being yeah. responsible, paying bills, you know, having a house. You know, we've got endless amount of uh, stories like that. Yeah. Yeah. Stabilized. Stabilized. Yeah. There's this one young lady. Her name is uh, Felicia, and she's part of our team. And she had a very difficult upbringing as well. But now she's teaching. She married a young man that's a teacher as well. And now, uh, and so she has two daughters of her of her own. I get to. I mean, the stories that she can share. You know, one maybe one day. You know, we can ask her if she'd ever be interested. But she has an incredible testimony and the things that she had to ex- experience when she was a little girl and with her family. But now seeing her thrive. Because we don't want to just put, you know, a mindset of just surviving. We want them to survive, to thrive in yeah. life. Yeah, that's that and champion so, side. Yeah, at champion right. side, yeah, exactly. That's so cool. And then um, because you are a follower of God, and we were kind of talking about this before the interview and so forth, um, you know, it's like things don't always go well. Um, would you share a time when you guys kind of felt like, you know, like questioning it or, you know, kind of what would be a rock bottom experience and then how that got out, how you got out of that. <laughs> and yes. I, know you, I know you have more than Oh, that. absolutely. I'd love to share a couple of experiences that we've had. 
Um, let me see which one really stands out right now. The one that really stands out, I go back to not, not too long ago, way back in 07. We just moved into a Polish dance hall. <laughs> and so we came out of a warehouse and we moved into a, a Polish dance hall and we had no heat in the building. No heat. So when the winter came, it's like you're, it's as if you're outside. Yeah, it's horrible. It's actually colder because, you know. The, the humidity yeah. is trapped inside. Oh, it's awful. Mm-hmm. And so we, I remember this specific day, like it was, again, yesterday. Uh, we had a service and we ran these, believe it or not, Dave, we ran these uh, torpedo heaters, you know, that you yep. typically run in an industrial place right. or the warehouse. But we ran in our, in our main auditorium. That uh, was the only source of supplement of heat that we could get. And so they're loud, right? And chemicals, right? All right, these fumes, yep. right? People thought we were nuts. I said, listen, they, the people would approach and say, what do you guys do? I said, listen, unless you're willing to help us, really, there's only two options we have. And those two options was to quit and give up or to keep going and believe God for miracles. And so this one particular Sunday, um, leading up to that Sunday day, we were, uh, the, the weather, you know, Michigan is like a lot of people, un, you know, you never, unpredictable, right? right yeah. And so Michigan during that whole week was warm and we, it was, um, it was exciting to know that we could put those, uh, those torpedo heaters away for that particular day. Unfortunately, that weather dropped the next, that night before, so we had to bring them out. And as they were running right in the middle of our worship time, one of the, um, one of the torpedo uh, heaters started bang, like sparking, pow, pow, bang, bang, bang. And it sounded like someone was sh- shooting a gun. Someone walked in the building as if, and they're all, the people were like flipping out, right? And so, and so I'm just, oh my gosh, Lord, what is going on? And so that one gave out. And so some, quite a few people that visited that day left out of the building and then still got one left and we transitioned and now we're sharing the word and right in the middle of the word time, the second one starts, you know, backfiring. Like oh as gosh. if you're, someone's walking in with a gun. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was over the top. And then in addition to that, for that particular day, our sound system started acting a little nuts. I'm like, what is, I, my heart was broken day. I really, yeah. I, never I mean, been, that would be the point I'd be like, yeah, this God, is do it. you not want me doing this? I was, my heart was broken day. Yeah. I, there was a little room off to the side of our stage that we had at that moment. And I was crushed. Yeah. I was really, really crushed. And it's in that moment that as I'm just, just questioning God, right? Questioning the Lord. Like what is like, all I'm asking is heat. Like, I just want people to be comfortable so they can be warm and get rid of these, these, uh, you know, these, uh, um, these blowers, you know? And so it's in that moment, my three older girls, they were much younger then. they walked into that, into that little room that I was in. And it was as if God was bringing little angels into that room just to bring an encouragement to me. And they sat wrapping their arms around me and said, we love you, dad. And we'll see you. Like as usual, they would head out and I would stick around and either do meetings or meet with folks and that sort of thing. And it was just, you know, it was in that moment, I just realized that God, you're good. I may not have heat, but God, you've given me life. You've given me a family. You know, sometimes we, we take so many things for granted and some of the most, most important things we take for granted. I've got a family, I've got friends, I've, I've, I've got, God, you give me a, this desire to want to reach children in Detroit and you're going to provide. It was not even three months later, uh, we start, we had uh, heaters actually installed in our main auditorium. They were put inside like in the corners. Yep. And so then we had heat. That was a milestone for us. We were thrilled because we had, even though you can see the units, but yet we had heat. You know, and, and, and hats off to you because I'm sitting here going, well, I actually was expecting that story. You're like, and I'm in the back room, I'm crushed. <laughs> And someone walks in and says, 
I'm handling this next week. Heat's going to be here and I'm writing no, a check. That's no. what I expected. No. But you had to go another 12 weeks yeah, yeah. of that. Yeah. 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 And, and, and so that definitely speaks to a maturity of your faith that you're like, you know, you, you're like, God, I know you're going to do something. And you were smart enough to, to not say now. Right. Right. Like you'll do yeah. something. It's yes. just yes. his time. Okay. Man, that's... um. Yeah, that's crazy. I know when it, when I walk around with you, and you explain to me the things that you're dealing with. I go, well, these are completely different problems than I'm used to, right? Like yeah, it's like yeah. so. And your team, the people who are doing this with you, um, are, their desire to serve with you is um, is that because they just understand that Jesus loves people and they want to love them, or mm-hmm. like what motivates someone to do all this stuff with you? You know, Dave, I just got to say this. I'm glad you brought that up because they're my real heroes. They're yeah. they're. The heroes to me. Hey, you can take LeBron, you can have a Kobe, but I'll take these kind of people that have a heart for children and families in Detroit, and they give so selflessly. In other words, they give of themselves, of above and beyond. And none of them are. We don't have, you know, no one that's paid staff. I am the only full-time member at this point yeah. because I've raised, you know, we raise support separate as a missionary to do what it is that we do. And so each of these wonderful, amazing individuals, uh, they love the Lord and they love the city of Detroit and they understand what it's going to take. You know, it's not just, well, let's just throw an event and let's provide some clothes and some food this day and we'll see them next year. No, they're in the grind every single day. Some of these team members have brought children into their homes and lived with them. Oh, wow. And we're dealing with so many variety of different even situations as we speak right now. Well, some of our team members are bringing in kids in their home. And we've done it. My wife and I have done it yeah. several, several times. And so they are the ones that really are the heartbeat to what we do. Because without them, you know, I can only drive one bus at one time. You know, I can only reach out to so many kids and families. But with them and the desire and the heart that they have just encourages me at many times. There's been other moments in my in my personal journey here where I just felt like, you know, man, maybe maybe I'm in, you know, maybe I'm in over my head. But it's people like them that they said, man, we're with you. We're 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 in this together. And so they have brought encouraged encouraged to me so many years and saw their their acts of love, their acts of kindness. And their and, and many of the team members that we're with now have been with me for 20 years now. You're not just, you know, some, you know, the, the, we don't have folks that come around and just leave. No, those that really get in deep with us, they're in it. We're, we've been doing it for a long time, and I'm grateful for each of them. It's my prayer and hope that one day we can do a little bit more tangible things for them because they don't ask for much, Dave. They don't ask for nothing. We've got some team members right now that don't even have a car. They're, I'm Actually, later today, because uh, we have service on Thursdays uh, and tutoring, we have to go pick up some of our team members because they can't even get there because their cars are broke down. So uh, it's those basic practical things that I would love to see get to us to a place that we can help them with a used car, used van, that sort of thing. Because these guys are the real heroes. Yeah. I know one of the things you're telling me is that, you know, as you're explaining these people who are these heroes to you, it's like you're limited in how much ministry you can do by how many people you have volunteering, yeah. right? That's your buildings and, 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 and leaders are going to be your major bottleneck. It's not... Finding kids, you guys have figured out how to oh, do that. Well, right? we to do that. Yeah, yeah, you guys have definitely figured that out. So, um, if someone wants to either support your ministry financially, support you guys, that you and your wife financially, or wants to kind of check out volunteering, what are some next steps that they could do to kind of see what what options are? Sure. Obviously, um, I'd like to direct people to our website, the GoodNewsGang.org website. They can go there and just check out what we do. And there's a 
there if they'd like to give and contribute to the work uh we'd be grateful for that they can go to uh to the paypal portion where they can give online they also can sign up to receive a monthly newsletter that yeah. we send out monthly so these letters go out every single month and just provides we don't pressure people to give we don't you know it's just a a, a touch point where we send these uh, through the, you know, to their home, to their physical address, and they could just read it and read it. And one thing I do ask is that when people receive these, is to basically pray for us, pray for our work because we need it. And so, um, if we can get people to contribute, you know, thirty, forty, fifty dollars a month, that goes a long way. Think about it. a lot of people, more people could do that. Yeah. I think I think a lot of us have the home run syndrome. You know, we figure that if I can't hit the home run out the park, in other words, they have this uh, this theory that if they, you know, if I can't give a lot, then I can't do nothing. Yeah. That's not farthest from the truth. If you can give a little, yep. God can take that little and make it much. Five loaves and two fish, right? The right. little boy. Yep. He gave the little that he had and God multiplied it. And so that's how we believe. We believe if you can do something, do just a little bit. And so if, you, if they'd like to sign up and get our newsletter, uh, they can send um, their mailing address to our um, to our email, which is info at goodnewsgain.org, info yeah. at goodnewsgain.org, and they can just simply put in their mailing address, and we can send it to them. Oh, let me see this. So, yeah. anyways, um, I get these because you know five seven years ago I, I did stuff with Matt and I got them, and I mean I was just throwing them away, you know, not even open them, throwing them away, throwing them away, uh, because I'm very important apparently, right? And um. <laughs> And it was funny because I go down, I deliver those bikes that you know, we were able to provide. And Matt's telling me about just some of the, the things going on. I go, I'm going to start reading your newsletters now. <laughs> Ever since then, I've been opening them and reading them. And I and sometimes I do say a prayer for them. Sometimes I don't because I'm a horrible human being. And, um, and it's amazing just to see the different things that are going on. And, and what's great about this newsletter is as you read it, you're going to see that God's doing things. Mm-hmm. If, there, if there's no other encouragement that happens besides that, it's like, man, that's God's doing some great things. And so anyways, I really appreciate you coming by today. I appreciate you spending time with us and mm-hmm. filling this in a little bit more about your ministry. I'm sorry, Dave. One more thing. Yeah. They can also check us out on Facebook. They can like our Facebook page oh, yeah. and see what's going on there because we keep we keep that more updated than... And, yeah, because you know, that's and, your yeah. primary communication because yeah. most of the people you're working with are over 30. So yeah, exactly. Facebook, that's where we're at. Right? <laughs> and one yeah. other thing, if there's anyone who'd like to come and check it out firsthand, because talking about it from, from, from us, sure. you and I, is one thing, but coming and experiencing it firsthand, riding on a bus. Yeah. I mean, riding on a bus, simply riding on a bus with us and driving through the neighborhoods, watching the children come out their doors and seeing the, their worlds that they live in and then transferred over to our building and see all the life and the joy. It's like a party every single week. Right. And so that changes everything. Talking about it like this is one thing, but yep. seeing it firsthand and experiencing riding on a bus, meeting the kids, sitting next to a child, and then seeing the building, uh, see what we do every week. It, and you guys have the capacity to handle people. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Matt, thanks so much for the time. Thanks sure. for coming by. Let's end with some knuckles. Okay, we do that. <laughs> All right. Again, uh, thanks for listening to this. If you want to hit our subscribe button and also click a like on this, that really helps us in the analytics. Have a great day.